why church activities don't grow young adults. Gen J Podcast. My name is Elle and we have Alicia and hey our guys. special guest Hello. Peter as we are looking at our series on reversing the stats with yep. Christian young adults. Mm. And our topic today that the three of us want to have a discussion about is why church activities don't grow young adults. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Well, last last podcast, we looked at the um, the decline of the number of Australian young adults uh, identifying themselves as Christians. Yeah. And we discussed the idea that um, young adults are desiring authentic and transparent communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also concluded that in order for them to be discipled, they actually have to be in those types yeah. of communities. Yeah. 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 And so today the stats that we are going to look at and then have a conversation from there come from Barna. Yeah. And so they researched into Christian young adults and Part of their findings was that only 10% of those Christian young adults, they categorized as resilient disciples. So they found that 22%, they categorized as what they called the prodigals or the ex-Christians. And so these are people who once upon a time called themselves a Christian. They probably attended church as a child or a teen or both, but they no longer identify as a Christian. They found that 30%, they called the nomads. And so these people, these young adults, Identify as Christian and they have attended church in the last month, um, but most people in that category haven't actually gone to church in over six months. Yeah. And then thirdly, 38% of the young adults, they called um, the habitual churchgoers. Mm-hmm. And um, in this category, they um, have attended as well in the last month or at least once in the last month. Um, but outside of church, um, this group of young adults don't have the the like core fundamental beliefs or behaviors that would yeah. generally be associated with mm. somebody who's yes. wanting to be an intentional disciple, yeah. which leaves us with the 10%, mm. which they Crazy. categorize, yeah, as yeah. the resilient disciples. Yeah. Um, and to fit into this category, they had four um, main things. So firstly, they um, had to attend church just at least once a month, yeah. um, but they did have to engage in something outside of just attending the worship service. Yeah. Then secondly, they had to say that they trust firmly in the authority of the Bible. Thirdly, that they are committed to Jesus personally and Mm. affirm that he was crucified and raised from the dead to conquer sin and death. And then fourth, they had to express a desire to have um, for their personal faith to have um, an impact on the broader society around them. Which is like really basic, isn't it? It's like we're not talking about something extraordinary. That's Mm. the 10%. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense. That's confounding data, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder um, why it is that churches' investments are not leading young adults to be serious and growing disciples then. Yeah. It it is a crazy thing because all the effort people are putting Mm. into the ministry, it just doesn't feel right that it's only 10% are responding to that. And and we wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine any of us are going to figure out exactly why that is the case. But, uh, you know, we, we have all types of research that has been done prior to that where they say yeah. participation in church activities does not predict or, 
or, or, or cause long-term mm, spiritual growth. Wow, say it louder for the people at the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Like you participate and we imagine as mm. young adult type of ministry and being mm. in, involved in church for a long time, we imagine, of course, what, yeah, what else exactly. do you want? You know, they get, but this, this research was done with 11,000 surveys. It's wow. not just young yeah. adults, by mm, the yeah, way. Okay. 11,000 surveys in the U.S., and uh, it, like they, they incorpor- incorporate, I think, seven churches, including Willow uh, Creek, which is one yeah, of the largest churches yeah. in America. And they interviewed 120 people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of all of that, they concluded that uh, participation in church activity is not really making that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I may have told you about this book, The mm-hmm. Transformation Disciple, yep. Transformational Discipleship. Yep. Uh, they've um, also re- recalled data from a place called Lifeway. Mm-hmm. They also did a, a fair bit of research about discipleship and consulted with discipleship experts. Mm-hmm. And they concluded that Many models in in the church at the moment do not slightly even resemble anything that will bring mm, transformation. Wow, that's crazy. So that that's probably mm. why there's only ten percent who are at least somewhat engaged yeah. with, with 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 God in this way, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Which is crazy to think about because there's Bible studies and there's mentoring and there's mm. church services and there's events and everything like that. Yeah. But then what else? What else can we offer that helps people to yeah. grow then if that's not sustaining enough? Yeah. It's it's true. You know, what, what else would you do? And I, yeah. and I, we, we would say, like, we, you can't really offer anything else. It's, it's not yeah. like there's a, a different <laughs> uh, something answer. from the back. <laughs> uh, but I imagine it's just probably it's just the methodology yeah. of we heighten the concept of events so much that there, these events whether it's a it's a worship service or whether it's a training mm-hmm. thing it almost like works on on the cognitive like helping yeah. people with their knowledge and when they engage in ministry activities and are st- even training mm-hmm. they, it's helping with their skills yeah but we're looking for more than mm, that. Those yeah. those resilient disciples. That we're talking about shaping the core of the person. Yeah. yeah. And and maybe that's maybe mm. that's what we're missing. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we're helping with the with the knowledge. We're helping with mm. the skills mm. and the behavior. But we're yeah. not shaping the actual person. Yeah. So when the going gets tough, knowledge doesn't actually impact mm. us that much. Mm. And yeah. we, we we need to be a certain type of person. That's God's dream. Mm. And yeah. I wonder if those types of activities, church activities and events yeah. that are helping, mm. uh, you know, various things in the life of young mm. adults, maybe they're not really shaping mm. us. Yeah, uh, shaping, shaping the person. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say that's something that we've been discussing a fair bit at Gen J recently, yeah. actually, yeah. is true. the idea that um, – yeah, like we need to shape the whole being. Exactly. And so um, we we're talking about the idea that young adults are in their most formative time of life where yeah. they're trying to find the answers to questions of like, who am I? Or That's right. um, what's my purpose here on earth? And so as they're trying to answer, find answers to those questions, they're forming their identity and their calling. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And so in that, we concluded that the being is um, made up of four main parts. It yeah. was the nature, the desire, the uh, experiences in the reflection. Yes. And so put super simply for our listeners yeah. would be that the nature um, 
is simply who we see ourselves to be. Exactly. And so that's the qualities, the traits, the strengths and the weaknesses. Yes. Um, and then it goes into the uh, desire, which is yeah. just simply who we see our future self to be, like the preferred image of yeah. who exactly. we're going yeah. to be. Exactly. Um, and then the experiences, which is just the observations, the interactions, the decisions that we make, what we do mm. and what happens to us on a daily basis. Yeah. And then the experiences would be what we abstract or what we pull out of our experiences. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, uh, and and I imagine Alicia, yeah. that's where the the challenge for us in ministry. Yeah. So we were talking about the the nature, people figuring out their nature, people figuring out and mm-hmm. and and embracing a particular desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work on the level of experience, yeah. which helps people maybe you know figuring out uh, more behavior stuff or mm. or more knowledge oriented stuff yeah. uh, but but the decisions that they're making and the abstraction that they're getting from those experiences is getting deeper to them is mm. either firming firming the way they think of their nature or firming the way they think of their desires yeah. right yeah that's and right. that's maybe the holistic nature mm. is what's probably missing yeah. in just creating events as yeah. good as the events as we're doing mm-hmm. and those events you imagine you know those events are helping people stick around when the going is good yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. yes that's true that's true and one of the things that we've spoken about a little bit at gen j being community practices which has been referenced yes. um which obviously you're very familiar with peter so i don't yeah. want to butcher it but yeah, i will say for it. <laughs> <laughs> but from my understanding as well it's based on social learning theory so it's exactly. not something that's just pulled out of thin air yeah and it's got three main parts yes. that would um enable somebody to uh, I guess, engage in that properly and reap yeah. the benefits of it. Yes. Um, those three parts. Yeah. The, the, you know, you, you're exactly right, Al. Those three parts, they say a community of practice is defined by a common uh, purpose or they call them common domain. Like yeah. we, we have a particular thing that we're trying to to, to be good at or yeah. get better at. Yeah. So so people, nurses, when they meet together around the lunch table or something yeah. and they, they're sharing some of their stories, uh, they know that they want to be better nurses. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about how I'm going to uh, be better surgeon or how like, – like they, yeah, they have a right. particular a bit, practice yeah. that is uniting. We, we call that yeah. concern or a passion mm-hmm. that's uniting the group together, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. And then the second one is that they mutually engage with one another. It's not like just someone is in conversing yeah. and others mm-hmm. are listening or mm-hmm. people are not interested. They have a legitimate membership in the group because they all care for mm-hmm. one another, they trust each other, and they engage with one another when, when they meet. Everybody... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is being involved. And the last mm. one is they have shared repertoire. Yeah. So they have, um, you know, shared tools, you know, yeah. uh, shared, uh, I don't mean tools, like uh, trading <laughs> tools. But, <laughs> but they have shared ways of doing yeah. things. Mm. Yeah. And how do you do that? The mechanics mm. behind it, shared language, you know, mm. some people, get, you know, can communicate with the, with the in-group. And yeah. it's like, I didn't understand what they're talking <laughs> yeah. about. They have their own lingo <laughs> yeah. and terminology and so on. So yeah. people are developing yeah. as a result of having a, a purpose that is uniting mm. them together 
so they 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 become that group of people they they yeah. being validated that I am that person mm. I am a nurse or mm. I'm a technician or an, uh, yeah. I am a teacher I'm engaging with teachers I'm accepted in that group or I'm mm. a disciple yeah right that gets yeah. validated when I when I'm part of that and then yeah. obviously I engage with others for the purpose of getting better yeah. at this practice and then we learn from one another shared practices mm. there are some established practices you know how do I disciple in this way and then other yeah. people come in new and fresh and say but yeah. I've done it this way or mm. we could do it this way and we yeah. could discover it together so there is a mutual engagement that yeah. brings about mutual edification if you like mutual improvements mm. uh, so that that's really yeah. the community of practice and we think or, or from the literature it forms the people yeah Yeah. right people are formed in communities Mm. yeah Mm. and so one potential reason why we're seeing this decline in christian young adults is that their personhood isn't necessarily being shaped by the events that we're putting on yeah but something like a community of practice would shape their being through this and they yeah would grow as a discipler for example in that setting if that was their common practice that they were wanting to become better disciplers in that environment and and the reality the the the, the, one little addition they are being shaped but they're not being shaped as jesus like disciples and jesus like disciples they may be shaped by uh you know their Mm. other communities of practice that are outside the jesus realm You know, their friendship groups, that's their community of practice. So that's shaping who they see themselves and Mm. who they want to become, right? And they're being shaped by the culture or whatever it may be. They're shaped Mm. by their family of origin. But they are being shaped all the time. All of us are being shaped all the time. Is that young adults who are going to... Uh, live this Jesus-like life, they need to be shaped by a Jesus-like mm. community. Mm. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. So then how do we allow young adults to engage in community of practices then that are shaping that type of being in the world? Mm. Well, you, you girls answer that better than me because <laughs> you have been part of communities of practice yeah. for many, many years. Oh, and, and obviously we say that they have diversity of expressions, right? Yeah. Mm. So what, what has it been for you? Like what, mm. what would you say to our listeners been your experience and the benef- benefits of, of mm. being part of communities? Yeah. I think for me, well, in a Gen J context, my community of practice looks like, well, we call them community of disciples. It's a rip off. (laughs) Not a rip off. But we um, meet, so it's a small group. There's about four to six of us Mm. and um, we're all there with a desire that we want to better ourselves as disciples. That's right. Um, And also, obviously, all of us want to be like Jesus because that's part of it. And um one thing that I know has shaped and transformed me is probably a lot of the, um, I don't know, incidental learning as I journey with people. I Mm. remember um, uh, something that shaped and transformed me, I would say, in my resilience and my wanting to handle situations, um, difficult situations in a Jesus-like way um, would be when one of my group members um, went through a pretty distressing miscarriage and Mm. she shared really vulnerably with our group throughout the process and yeah it was a very difficult time for her but she was kind enough to um allow that um to be I guess not discussed like we weren't having a discussion about it but to share that and Mm. share her learnings and it was an ongoing thing that she would update us a few weeks later this is something I've learned and I remember being so 
encouraged and inspired and challenged by the Mm. way that she didn't blame God. She didn't um, turn it into a pity party. She Mm. actually found ways to honor God in the midst of her hardship. And so whilst I, in that season, I'm not experiencing a a miscarriage, but I was experiencing something challenging. And so I felt like the way that she handled that was shaping the way that I was able to handle my difficulties or another, sorry, I know I'm speaking a lot, but I'm sure you have examples to share. One (laughs) more thing that comes to mind would be um, another member of that group is one of the most beautiful people who just, you know, there's people who love God and can just worship any time of day. Mm. And they're so articulate in that. And I felt like that wasn't necessarily representative of me or the other members. I mean, I love Jesus, but this friend just had this extra Mm. ability, it seemed. Um, And yeah, her bringing that to the group, modeling to us what that looked like. She would even give us ideas. So we would start to adopt some of her spiritual practices. That's and so brilliant. the rest of us started to worship a little bit differently yes. and love on God a little bit differently because yes. that was her strength and her way of being that slowly became our way of being as well, just mm-hmm. by doing life together and and sharing and learning. Almost so. like rubbing on each other, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know? and, like and, 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 you know, we've always talked, and you, you girls have been uh, part of youth ministries before yeah. and so on, and we always worry about, and for me as a parent, you yeah. always worry about the group of people that True. your children are surrounded yeah. with, right? Yeah. Uh, they're rubbing on each other. Yeah, either whether for they good like or it or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. Uh, that that's so yeah. brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Speaking on the rubbing of each other yeah. reminds me of, I have a friend and... And he grew up in like a Christian household, like went yes. to church and stuff like that. Yeah. But he was never invested in in a discipling capacity or he hadn't seen that that was even mm. a thing really. Yeah. Um, and and so many he, people don't, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be fair, yeah. true. Um, but he was introduced to our friendship group and so he was starting to hang out with us on a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, and so on Thursday nights we meet together and we share a meal, we share our quiet times, like what God's speaking to us about. We share discipling wins mm. and challenges and then we also pray for one another. How good. And so the whole yeah. purpose of the Thursday night is to help us become better at being disciplers and yes. help one another do that as well. And that's um, a community of practice yeah. right there. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so he's been connecting in, in the Thursday nights and then he's also been coming to our Saturday night gatherings mm-hmm. um, and he's also been coming to like like one-off catch-ups like that, it, like when we just hang out outside yes. of those set yeah. times. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's been so cool because I've witnessed over the past, I don't know, a few months now, mm-hmm. um, even just like his language changing, like yes. when he's communicating mm. about things, he's now speaking our language or yeah. he'll communicate things, communicate yeah. about things in a way that we would yeah. um, mm. as well. Like even just like with his experiences, he isn't just like living life, but now he's seen that we are so intentional to mm. reflect on our experiences. So he's implementing that and yeah. making time to reflect throughout his quiet times and stuff like that. Yeah. And then something else, which was huge and like just makes me go, what the heck is kind mm. of weird yeah. is, um, we caught up not that long ago and we were discussing like what the next year looked like for like one another and then what mm. the next three years looked like for yes. one another. Yeah. Um, and he was just explaining that for him in the next year, one of the biggest things was that he wanted to complete a COD, which is the community yeah. of disciples that I was speaking yes. about before. Yes. Um, and cool. then in the next three years, he sees himself running CODs. Yeah, and exactly. so it's crazy because yeah. this is coming from somebody who – like was never invested yeah, into and that wasn't a thing. But now that he's been exposed our to community. yeah, our community <laughs> yeah. and like community the fact practice. that that's just our continuous conversations mm, is yeah. what we do. He now sees that that's his future. Yeah, that's him yeah. As well. yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, well that, that really speaks of the credibility of the people to start with. Mm. Because if you enter a group yeah. 
and that group don't the, the the character of the people, particularly if you know about them or see or observe them outside mm -hmm. a, a formal context. If yeah. these people aren't the real deal, uh, we, we say this about young adults mm. all the time, they sniff authenticity, yeah. all right? Yes. They have Tell. the radar, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's got to start with uh, the credibility. Mm. Uh, you know, they modeling a particular lifestyle. If that lifestyle isn't worth for your yeah. while, you just ignore yeah. them. And mm. that doesn't become your community of practice. So nobody's ever forced in a community of practice mm. because even social learning theorists, they say it's a voluntary membership. Mm. You yeah. can't really force it on people. Yeah. And here is the power in what the story is sharing, Alicia. Mm. Here is the power between, you know, groups where we put young adults in that are just treating them like consumers. Mm. Yeah. Come in. We're going to look after you. Mm. We're going to provide for your spiritual meal. Mm. We're going to engage you in, in social mm. activities. We're going to make your life as easy as possible. Yeah. And what do you become? You become a consumer. Mm. At best, you become just a believer. Yeah. And there's no purpose for that. But remember, yeah. young adults want to make a difference. Yeah. They want something big. What could be bigger yeah. than Jesus' yeah. plan, right? Yeah. So I, I love that because it doesn't have to take years. Mm, wow, if the true. people mm. are authentic, yeah. uh, because that's the credibility yeah. and that's the authenticity test, yeah. someone would say, okay, is that cause, is that passion, is that purpose worth me uh, you know, giving my life to. Yeah, and wow. that's our desire for people. Yeah. Like that, mm. That's exactly what I want to be talking about in the camp. Mm. Yes. We, 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 we yeah. want to see young adults passionate, madly mm. passionate mm. about yeah. reversing these yeah. decline. So be it. That's yeah. we, we, we need a generation to stand up and say enough yeah. is enough. Mm. Yeah. We don't want decline in young adult believers yeah. anymore. We yeah. want disciples who are living like Jesus and multiplying mm. others mm. to live like Jesus. Yeah. And we together can be that new power, that new generation. Mm. And in every church, it doesn't have to be Gen J related, yeah. but young adults who are passionate about Jesus, yeah. let's put our hands together yeah. wherever you might be and let's make some difference for mm. Jesus, yeah. right? Like mm. the, yeah. making difference for climate change is by all means great, mm. but let's make a difference yeah. for eternity yeah. Yeah. and let's yeah. see those the statistics being re reserved mm. and it can only in my opinion and mm. in your experience mm. can only happen in authentic yeah. community of practice that that see discipling as their way of being yeah. that's how they see themselves that they that that's how they want to live so the yeah. part of the different expression that you mentioned that ex uh, you, you yeah. know of what it was for you or what mm. it was for you i think we need to mm. tell young adults in every ministry you can have a different shape in yeah. your context yeah. mm. and you can determine that context whether it's people discussing yeah. wins and learnings yeah. and, mm. and challenges or, or they're actually getting really vulnerable together in the challenges mm. of life, yeah. doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. Yeah, There's true. different expressions, but the goal is that we live like Jesus, Christ-like yeah. disciple lurch. Yeah. And we believe the community of practice could do that. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. And you mentioned the Camp Peter, so I just want to say <laughs> for our listeners, but if they want the information, it is February 3 to 5, yeah. the start of 2023. It's yeah. in Phillip Island, Victoria. And so if you're a Christian young adult and this interests you and this fires mm. you up a bit, then yeah. come and mm. be a good friend. And if you know somebody <laughs> who this also fires up and, and they might even want to engage in this type of community of practice as well and, and better themselves as a discipler, then definitely let them know about it as well. Yeah, yeah. we'd love to see you there. But yeah. be careful because you might be changed. Like, yeah. Just like <laughs> our friend right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> because and you'll be changed to the better. Yeah. Because yeah. when you live with a purpose, yeah. And when you pursue this God's dream for our lives and for our community, who yeah. knows what God could do in us? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, we probably better call it there for this, yeah. but we know we've got one more part That's coming. Right. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned to our yeah. listeners for Looking our next session. Looking forward to catching yeah. up with you then. Yeah. yeah we can't thank wait. you for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Peter, for joining us again. <laughs> and we look forward to next week's installment, our final installment in reversing the stats for Christian young adults. Awesome. Thank you. See you guys. See you later. <laughs>